Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days and The Life of Riley. This is your host, John Hagedorn. The Life of Riley was one of America's most popular radio shows between 1945 and 1951, and also made the successful transition to TV, where it stayed very popular throughout the 50s. William Bendix played the title role of Chester A. Riley, who was a wing riveter at the fictional Cunningham Aircraft Plant in California. His frequent phrase, what a revolt and development dis is, became one of the most famous catchphrases of the 1940s. The life of Riley benefited from the immense popularity of a supporting character, Digby Digger Odell, played by John Brown, who was the friendly undertaker. You would never think that the role of an undertaker could assume a huge comedy part of a situation comedy radio show, but it did. Digby Digger Odell got a huge applause in front of the live audiences where this show was taped. What I like most about the life of Riley is that as old as it is, the humor still stands up really well. Give it a try, and I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please send us a review for 1001 Radio Days and the Life of Riley. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-E-L-L Prell Shampoo. Yes, Procter & Gamble's new Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. Prell brings you The Life of Riley. Prell, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff, leaves hair radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Every father dreams that someday his son will achieve the fame which he himself longed for but never attained. Thus, the scientist dreams his son will be another Einstein. The musician dreams of another Toscanini. The artist of another Rembrandt. And Riley the Riveter. What is his dream for Junior? Well, let's take a peek inside Riley's mind as he lies prone on the living room couch indulging in his favorite daydream. There's a vacant, faraway look in his eyes. In fact, 3,000 miles away in Ebbets Field. He even hears the roar of 50,000 frenzied Brooklyn baseball fans. He can even hear the imaginary voice of an announcer over an imaginary radio. What a ball game this is, folks. The last game of the World Series, the last half of the ninth. Three nothing in favor of the Yankees. This is the last chance for the Dodgers. Two men out and bases full. Robinson's on first, Edwards on second, and Pee Wee Reese is on third. It's now or never for those fabulous bums. Everything depends on the next batter, and look who's coming up to the plate now. The man who has the chance of a lifetime to carve a niche for himself in baseball's Hall of Fame. And who is he? Chester Riley's son. He's the sensational new rookie who was coached and taught every trick in the game by his father, Chester Riley, who was a baseball immortal. You remember Chester Riley when he pitched for the White Sox in the Laundry Workers League. <laughs> and now Chester Riley's son is stepping into the batter's box. Come on, Junior! There's the wind-up. Here comes the pitch. The right one! What's the matter, you blind, you robber? Oh, the crowd didn't like that decision. Someone just threw a pop bottle at the umpire. Here's the wind-up. Here comes the pitch. <laughs> Long, hard drive to center field. DiMaggio's going after it, but he can't get it. And Chester Riley's son is rounding first. He's rounding second. He's rounding third. Is Junior home yet? Not yet, Peggy. Just rounded third. Slide, Junior. Slide! 
about? Oh. Oh, it's you, Peg. Well, what's the matter with you? Nothing. I was just sort of thinking out loud. You know, daydreaming. Oh, is that all you can find to do? Well, you might take a little more interest in what's going on around here. Do you realize it's 8.30 and Junior isn't home yet? Don't worry about my boy. He's okay. Worry a little more about your daughter, Babs. She's your daughter, too. Yeah, but Babs is your responsibility and Junior is mine. Oh, I never heard of such nonsense. Well, it's a very well-known scientific theory. What theory? Uh, the, the theory... Uh, the, the theory of relativity. <laughs> the father looks after the boy relatives and the mother looks after the girl relatives. <laughs> now, if you want my opinion, you're falling down on your part of the job. Instead of worrying about Junior, worry where Babs is. I know where Babs is. She's over at a girlfriend's house studying. A likely story. If you investigated, you'd find out the so-called house is a Ford convertible on Mulholland Drive. And the girlfriend has a crew haircut and a mustache. Well, what's this got to do with Junior? Plenty. Is Junior up on Mulholland Drive with boys? No. Because I'm training him right. I'm looking after his future. Hi, Mother. Hello, Hello Daddy. So, here you are. Where were you? I went for a ride on Mulholland Drive. Don't lie. You were studying with a girlfriend. I mean... <laughs> Well, yes, but afterwards we went for a drive in her car. Oh. Well, now that we've settled with Babs, maybe we can discuss your son. Now, Peg, please don't interfere. The kid's okay. I just want to know where he is. He is where I told him to be, in his room studying. Well, for heaven's sake, why didn't you say so? Are you sure he's studying, Daddy? Sure, I'm sure. I saw to it. Like I said to him, son, I said, I want you to get ahead. And in this world, you can't get nowhere without studying. And I'm the proof of that. <laughs> That scared him. Well, if you say he's studying, I guess he is. Oh, you don't believe me. Well, I'll show you. Junior! You want me, Pop? Ah, there he is. Uh, what are you doing, Junior? I'm studying like you told me. Uh, you see what I tell you? Junior with a book in his hand. Miracles will never cease. Hmm. Let me see that book, Junior. Yeah, show it to her, Junior. Well, here, Mom. Well, of all the... How to Play Third Base by Pie Trainer. <laughs> Fine studying. Where will this get him? Where will it get him? It'll get him to the Brooklyn Dodgers. You'll see. I'm going to make a bum out of my boy. <laughs> Hi, Peg. I'm home. Well, it's about time. I've been waiting for you. All right. What's the matter? I want you to speak to Junior. Sure. Hello, Junior. Uh, hello, Pop. How many hits you get today? Riley, this is serious. Your precious son, Junior, brought home a note from his teacher. Now, just listen to this. Uh. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Riley, I regret to advise you that your son, Junior, has not been doing the work of which he is capable. Of late, his work has been decidedly below average. <laughs> Chip off the old block. <laughs> That's just what my teacher used to say about me. Riley, this is serious. Ah, don't get excited, Peg. Junior's still the best third baseman that school ever had. And that's what counts with me. <laughs> I see. Well, all right, just listen to the rest of her note. Your son's chief interest seems to be baseball. Of course. But unless there is a marked improvement in his work, even though he is the star of the ball team, he will not be eligible to play. What? Not play? Junior, what have you been up to? Why don't you pay attention to your schoolwork? That's a fine boy you got here. Oh. <laughs> now he's my boy, huh? Well, I've been paying attention, only we had this algebra exam and I failed. I didn't have time to study for it. Oh, no? Well, I got a few questions to ask. First question, why didn't you have time to study? Because you made me read that book on how to play third base. <laughs> uh, Peg, you got any questions? I told you all this baseball would make him neglect his work. That's got nothing to do with it. Where's your brains, Junior? Can't you pass a simple exam? Well, it was tough. Well, the other kids passed. You're as smart as the next guy, ain't you? Yeah. Well, then copy off of him. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean that. 
fine thing kicked off the team, an outlaw. Well, I still have a chance, Pop. My teacher gave me an algebra problem to do at home, and if I get it right, I can play. Yeah, well, you better get it right. You're going to buckle down. Yeah, but, gee, algebra's so tough. Then ask for help. You know, you're not alone in this house. And what does an intelligent person do when he gets stuck? He goes to someone with a little more intelligence and asks for help. Mom, will you help me? <laughs> Why, certainly, Junior. You know Just I'd be... a minute. I didn't mean your mother. She ain't the only one in this house who's got learning, is she? Well, no, but Babs hasn't got time. <laughs> I don't mean Babs, and I don't mean your mother. You've got one guess left, and you better guess good. You, Pop? Well, what's the matter with me? Didn't you ever hear of a father helping his son? Oh, yes, but... Are you but... denying that I'm your father? Peg, tell him. <laughs> now, Riley, you're busy. I'll help Junior with No, his... no, that's my responsibility. And please don't interfere. I have made up my head. Well, let's start, Pop. I got a lot of problems tonight. Now, don't rush me, Junior. You got enough clean paper? Yeah, here. Now, the problem is... Wait a minute, you... wait a minute. We got to sharpen the pencil first. Boy, it's sharp enough, Pop. Okay, now wet the end. Okay, Pop. Uh, now, let's see the problem. A farmer sells two bushels of apples at X dollars a bushel. The next day, the farmer sells three bushels of tomatoes for one-third the price of the apples. The day after, he sells one and a half bushels of potatoes for four-fifths the price of the tomatoes. With the money he receives, he buys three gallons of kerosene and six bags of fertilizer. <laughs> if kerosene sells at a dollar a gallon and fertilizer at four dollars a bag, what's the price of the apples? Maybe we better sharpen the pencil some more. Pop, you just have to find X. Yeah, X. Yeah, sure. Now, let's see. Farmer, apples, tomatoes, potatoes, kerosene, fertilizer. You got the answer, Pop? I don't even get the question. Well, look, Pop, let's do it this way. Let X Who's equal the... Who? I'll get it, I'll get it. Best way to go about this is to imagine that I'm the farmer. Okay, now, I sell two bushels of apples at X dollars a bushel, then the next day I sell three bushels of tomatoes at one-third the price of the apples, and the day after I sell one and a half bushels of potatoes for four-fifths the price of the tomatoes. Now, with the money I receive, I buy three gallons of kerosene and six bags of fertilizer, so if... if... If I was that farmer, I'd sell that farm and apply for relief. How's the algebra coming? We're doing okay, just fine. Let's see, the farmer sells two bushels at X dollars a bushel. Riley, X. you have to find X. Now start off this way, see? Let X equal the apples. Peg, I'm way ahead of you. I'm up to the fertilizer. <laughs> Besides, I'm doing this. Right. Don't be so stubborn. Don't you want Junior to be on that baseball team? Don't worry. He'll play. He'll play. Well, then you better let me help you with that problem. At the rate you're going, it'll take you all year. I'll do it myself if it takes me 50 years. Oh, great. The John J. Boskowitz Junior High School team with a 63-year-old third baseman. <laughs> Peg, would you please leave us concentrate? All right. All right. Have it your way. I'm going to the movies. Good night. Good night. Now, let's get back to that stupid farmer. <laughs> First, we've got to analyze the problem. Oh, Pop, the problem is to find X. I'm getting sick and tired of that X. <laughs> Ever since I was in school, they've been looking for an X. <laughs> they haven't found it in all this time. How did they expect me to find it in one night? <laughs> well, Pop, that, that's algebra. Algebra. Why do they teach you that stuff for? What good is it, anyway? You don't see no algebra scores in the newspapers, do you? Well, maybe I'd better get Mom to help me. No, no, this is a father's job. Yeah, but Mom's good at algebra. I don't care. Some things are a father's job and some things are a mother's job. When the time came for you to be born and your mother went to the hospital, did I say, let me go in your place? 
No. Well, I don't want your mother taking over my responsibilities. Now, don't you worry. I'll get this. Pop, you can't do it on your fingers. Uh, I guess not. We're dealing with vegetables. <laughs> Trouble is, it's just a lot of words on paper. I don't see the problem. If I could see the problem... Junior. Junior, I got it. I got it. The answer? No, the method. That's the main thing. The method. Once you get the method, the answer comes easy. Well, who are you phoning? Hello? Is this the farmer's market? Oh. I want to place an order. Two bushels of apples, three bushels of tomatoes, a bushel and a half of potatoes, three gallons of kerosene, and six bags of fertilizer. Thank you. Well, we'll bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in just a moment. And now, the glamour girl of 49. I'm Tallulah the tube of Prowl, and I've got a little something to tell. Your hair can be radiant, oh, so easy. All you gotta do is take me home and squeeze me. I'm Tallulah the tube of prowl, and I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff free for radiant hair. Get a hold of me. Tallulah the tube of prowl shampoo. Folks, Tallulah's right. Prell, Procter & Gamble's Radiant Cream Shampoo leaves hair more radiant than any soap shampoo. And Prell removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes. Doctor's examinations proved it. For hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, try Prell, your very next shampoo. Before we rejoin Riley, the baseball fan, I'd like a word with you movie fans who want to see a fresh and funny film. Prell Shampoo's Life of Riley show is now an hilarious new motion picture starring Riley himself, William Bendix. You'll enjoy seeing all the Rileys, plus Jim Gillis and, of course, Digger O'Dell when the Life of Riley movie plays in your community. And now back to the Life of Riley. Of all the crazy things I ever heard of, just to solve an algebra problem, $12. It was worth it. Besides, that stuff won't go to waste. Uh. What on earth are we going to do with all those apples? We'll make applesauce. And three bushels of tomatoes. We'll make ketchup. And what about... Don't ask me what we're going to do with that fertilizer. <laughs> Six bags. We'll mail it to your mother in the Bronx. <laughs> She's got that geranium in her window box. Whoever heard of working out an algebra problem by buying all this stuff? It did the trick, and that's what counts. When Junior shows his teacher he got the right answer... Are you sure you got the right answer? Well, sure, I'm sure. I know when I get something right. And if I didn't get that problem right, I'll eat that algebra book. Hello. Oh, there's Junior. Now you'll see. Well, what'd the teacher say? Everything fixed? Yeah, you fixed me good. It was all wrong. Huh? But, but it can't be. I'm, I'm positive I... How could it be? How will you have that algebra book with the ketchup or applesauce? That means no baseball. How could that teacher do this, Junior? What an ungrate. After you bought her that whole bushel of apples. Well, she's given me one more chance. The guys in the team asked her to. She gave me some more problems, real hard ones. But if I get them right, I can play. Yeah, well, this time you're going to get them right. I'll see to that. You mean I'll see to it. Now, come on, let's get to work. Now, wait a minute, Peg. I told you this is I my... I don't think you should interfere. Who's interfering? Pop, I gotta get him right this time. Let Mom help no. me. No, you'll work him out by yourself. Junior, I've told you a thousand times you've got to learn to stand on your own two feet. You're getting to be a big boy now. Don't go crying to your mother whenever you have a little problem. Well, gee, Pop... Now, you sit right down there, Junior, and get to work on those problems. I'll see that you get quiet so as you can concentrate. Okay. Uh, you got everything you need? Yeah, I'm all set. Now, uh, good. Listen, now, listen, Peg, I want perfect quiet. Junior's got to concentrate, so I don't want to hear a word out of anybody. Peg, must you click your knitting needles that way? How you doing, Junior? You got the first answer? Well, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Just keep concentrating. That's the important thing. Concentration. Takes time. Rome wasn't burnt in a day. Just keep plugging away at it. <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it. Peg, please, I told you those knitting needles. Tone them down. Junior's got to keep his mind on his work. How you doing, Junior? Just, just keep at it. Mother, did you... Babs, must you come in a room screaming at the top of your voice like that? Can't you see Junior's trying to concentrate? How can he think if people keep barging in talking at the top of their voice? And Peg, please, I told you twice already, those needles. They're distracting Junior. Can't you get rubber needles? 
Try not to pay any attention, son. Just keep concentrating. Don't let nothing distract you. You got the first one yet? Well, don't worry. You'll get it. Concentration. That's the main thing. I've never seen anything you couldn't lick by concentration. Trouble with most people is let the least little thing distract them. How's it coming? You got it yet? Well, don't get panicky. You'll lick it. Just keep your mind on the subject. I can't stand it. How can I think with all this noise? Junior, wait. Come back. <laughs> there, you see, Peg, I told you not to make so much noise with your knit needle. <laughs> Why don't that kid come back? I just can't do these problems. If two men can dig a hole 12 feet long, 4 feet wide, and 8 feet deep in 9 hours, how deep a hole can one man dig? 6 feet is deep enough, believe me. <laughs> oh, it's you. Yes, it is I indeed. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> I didn't hear you come in, Digger. I got too much on my mind. All on account of Junior. Ah, yes. Children can be a problem. Only today, a gang of hoodlums pilfered a sign from the baseball stadium and hung it on the door of my business establishment. Ooh, I was beside myself. Oh, uh, why? What did the sign say? Special today, ladies free when accompanied by escort. <laughs> You see, Digger, it's Junior's algebra problems. If he don't do them right, he can't play ball this season. Reminds me of my son, Pinewood. Woody wanted to be a ball player, too. But the coach never sent him in the game. Finally, I said to him, son, you're spending so much time in the dugout, you might as well come into my business. I don't know what to do. Junior went out. He won't do the problems. I tried, but I don't know how to do them. Maybe you can help me, Digger. Well, I'm pretty good at handling figures, but not that kind. <laughs> Arithmetic is my line, not algebra. Can't you get someone else to help you? Perhaps your dear wife. No, no, I can't go to Peg. This is my job. It's, it's a matter of pride. Oh, Riley, that's no attitude to take. My dear wife always helps me carry my burdens. <laughs> I couldn't run my business without her help. I wouldn't know what's what or who's where. No, I can't admit to Peg that I need her help. Uh, hey, I know. You gave me an idea. I'll ask Jim Gillis. He's good at algebra. He'll get me out of this hole. In that case, you won't need me. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. Hello, Gillis. This is Riley. Yeah. Yeah, listen, Gillis, old pal. I need your help. Yeah, you're good at algebra. Well, I got a few problems of juniors that I... You will? Well, I'll bring them right over. Boy, that Riley character was very smart when he come to me. The poor dope recognizes superior mental ability. Now, let me see. If two men can dig a hole 12 feet long, 4 feet wide, and 8 feet deep, if two men dig a hole... Who knows from digging? I'm a white-collar worker. <laughs> oh, Egbert, my darling son. Yes, Papa? Come here a minute, Angel. If two men can dig a hole 12 feet long, four feet wide, and eight feet deep in nine hours... Gee, this is tough. No wonder Papa couldn't do it. If two men can dig a hole... Oh, Mama, Mama... Oh, wait, boys, is that you? Yes, Mama. Here are those algebra problems all done. Gee, thanks, Mama. Oh, Papa. Here I am, Egg Boy. Here's the problems. I got them all done. Oh, that's a sweet offspring. Oh, really? Here I am, Gillis, on the sidewalk. Here's your problems. I got them all done. Oh, thanks a million. You're a pal. Oh, Junior. Junior. Junior, look. The problem. It's no use, Pop. I told you I can't do them. You don't have to. Look, here they are, all done. I just finished the last one. Why ain't he home yet? What's taking him so long? Well, why are you so nervous? I thought you were certain you got the problems right this time. Well, I got them right, all right. I ain't dumb, you know. I got Junior on that ball team and all by myself, too. 
And in the future, Peg, you let me handle the boy. That's my response. Pop, pop, pop. Junior, you made it. Yeah, the answers were all right. I'm on the team. You hear that, Peg? Yes, I hear. What did I tell you? Do I know how to look after my boy, Junior? Remember who you have to thank for this. Thanks, Pop. You're swell. Yeah, come on. Let's go tell Gillis. I got to thank him. After all, if it hadn't been for him, I... <laughs> Let's forget it. Huh? Uh, you'd have the uh, what, dear? Uh, well, the, the, the... What did Mr. Gillis have to do with it? Well, uh, the, 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 the fact is, you, you do work. Well, I may as well tell you. I'd like to be honest about these things. Mm-hmm. And besides, we'd find out anyway. Um... Well, you, you see, uh, uh, Gillis helped me with the problems just a little. I didn't have time myself. I, hey, there's Gillis now out in the yard. I got to thank him. Hey, Gillis. Hiya, Riley. Gillis, old pal, I want to thank you for helping me with that algebra. Oh, don't thank me, Riley. I didn't have the time to do it. You really should thank my Egbert here. Egbert? Egbert Dunham? Well, Egbert, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what... I the credit, Mr. Riley. My mama did him. Honeybee? You did him? You worked... Oh, honeybee, I can't thank you enough. For... Oh, don't thank me, Riley. I couldn't get nowhere with those problems. So I phoned Peg and she wiped them out. <laughs> Peg, how many times do I have to tell you that Junior is my responsibility and from now on... From now on, what? From now on, Junior, if you want help from your father... Go to your mother. <laughs> the Rileys will return in just a moment. Do rainy days mean straggly hair for you with a low morale all day long? Then you'll love a new rainproof rain scarf from Prell. Yes, these large, soft, pliable rain scarves are so easy to carry, always ready for rain. They're so attractive, you'll want several. And such a bargain, too. Worth up to 75 cents, Prell offers them to you for only 25 cents and a Prell carton. Of course, everyone knows how radiant Prell leaves hair. So free of embarrassing dandruff. And everyone knows that lovely Prell washed hair is worth protecting. So don't wait. To get your rain scarf, send your name and address with 25 cents and any size Prell carton to Prell, Cincinnati, Ohio. Be sure to state your color choice, rose, blue, green, or yellow. Send to Prell, Cincinnati, Ohio, today. This offer is good in the United States only. <laughs> Folks, uh, usually every week at this portion of our program, we give you a final glimpse into the life of Riley. However, uh, <clears throat> this will not be possible tonight, as Riley isn't doing anything. He's just lying on the living room couch, daydreaming. But if we could peek inside his mind... Good evening, everyone. This is Will Stern, your sports announcer. Tonight, I have a special treat for you. I'd like you to meet the man who single-handed won the World Series for the Brooklyn Dodgers, the sensational third baseman who knocked out four home runs, Junior Riley. Tell me, Junior, who deserves the credit for making you the greatest ball player of all time? My mother. That's a lie! <laughs> What's a lie, Riley? Riley, are you daydreaming again? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in the future, Peg, please stay out of my daydreams. Procter & Gamble, makers of Prell Shampoo, invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix is currently starring in the new motion picture comedy, The Life of Riley. The picture is now showing in 300 cities throughout the country, including Des Moines and Oklahoma City. Tonight's script is by Reuben Shipp, Alan Lipscott, and Dick Powell. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, to get your rainproof rain scarf from Prell, just send your name and address with 25 cents and any size Prell carton to Prell, Cincinnati, Ohio. Be sure to state your color choice, rose, blue, green, or yellow. Remember, that's Prell, Cincinnati, Ohio. This offer is good in the United States only.
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-E-L-L. Prell Shampoo. Yes, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. brings you the life of Riley. Prell, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff, leaves hair radiantly lovely, presents the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. It takes very little to make Chester A. Riley happy. Right now, for instance, there's a blissful look on Riley's face as he toys with a few scraps of paper. Green paper. And Abraham Lincoln's picture is printed on each one. 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, and one more is 40. Yep. Yes, sir, Junior, there's $40 here. Sure is a lot of money, isn't it, Pop? Well, it's not so much for a man like me to have. But seeing that it's your dough, it's a bundle. <laughs> uh, Junior, uh, how's about lending me $5, huh? Well, gee, I'd like to, Pop, but honest, I need every cent. You Junior, see... Junior, I'm hurt. I never thought you'd turn out to be an ungrate. When you ask me for money, don't I always give it to you? No. <laughs> no? How can you say that? Did you ever ask me for dough and go away empty-handed? Mm, not exactly. I've got a drawer full of your IOUs. <laughs> well, that's better than money. Suppose the U.S. Treasury goes bankrupt. What good is your money? But those IOUs, remember, I'm behind them. Now, if you lend me $5 in United States money, I'll give you a $50 IOU, Junior. Yeah, but I need this money for my vacation. $40 for a vacation? Where are you going, around the world? I'm going to Pine Tree Lodge in Lake Arrowhead for two weeks. Look, son, why pay for a vacation? Do what I did when I went to a summer resort. I got a job there. A job? Sure. Well, gee, I never thought of that. Sure, it cost me very little for my vacation. I used my brain and I got by on practically nothing. <laughs> for instance, I once oh, went Riley, to... Riley, the sink's blocked again. Well, in a minute, Peg, I'm just... Pop says to... I ought to work at Pine Tree Lodge instead of paying. Now, Riley... I'm just giving him a little friendly tip about something that I'm an expert on. Believe me, it ain't every son who gets it straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Riley, will you please fix that sink? Okay, okay, I'm going. You think over what I said, Junior. Gee, maybe I ought to get a job instead of paying. Pop says it worked okay with him. <laughs> That's what he says. Junior, before you decide, maybe I better tell you the whole story. Why, what do you mean, Mom? Well, your father used to be a shipping clerk at Hawkinson's department store in Brooklyn. I was secretary to young Hugo Hawkinson, the owner's son. That was before your father and I knew each other. Well... I remember one morning he and his friend Danny Greenberg were polishing furniture in the show. And then, Riley, this Hugo Hawkinson that thinks he's such a big shot, he has the knife to say to me, he, he... Hey, Riley, you listening? What are you staring at? Look, Danny, there she is. Oh, Peggy Barker. Ain't she beautiful? Not bad. What a gorgeous figure. I've seen better. Uh, what do you know? She's got a beautiful figure. I wish I had a figure like that. Okay, okay. So she's gorgeous. But you better forget it. After all, she's secretary to the great Hugo Hawkinson, the boss's son. 
You ain't in her league, pal. Is that so? Well, for your information, I'm going to marry that girl. She won't be working for Hawkinson forever. Someday she'll be working for me. Eh, stop kidding yourself, Riley. You're too scared even to ask her for a date. Uh, don't worry, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. Hey, hey, watch it, Riley. Right? Oh. Here comes that you go. Yeah. Hey, any of you geniuses know how to fix a fan? There's a broken fan in... Just a minute, Mr. Hawkinson. In the first place, I resent being called a genius. And in the second place, I'm a shipping clerk, not a mechanic. I ain't supposed to go around fixing things. Okay, okay. Danny, maybe you can fix it. The fan's in Miss Barker's office. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm a mechanic. <laughs> okay, then get going. And make it snappy. Yes, sir. Boy, now's my chance, Danny. Now I can ask her. Now I can ask her. How do I look, Danny? Is the crease in my overalls hanging straight? Huh? How does she look, he says. Riley, remember that Peggy Dame is a frail girl. So walk into her office backwards and break your face to her slowly. <laughs> You're just jealous. Well, here I go to fix that fan, and I'll bet I'll make her fall for me. Hand me that hammer. Come in. Oh, hello. You're Chester, aren't you? You're here to fix the fan, aren't you? Well, it's right over here on the desk. Well, what's the matter, Chester? Is something wrong? Well, why are you moving your lips like that? Oh, excuse me. I, I thought I was talking. Oh. Well, is there something you're trying to say, Chester? Well, you see, Miss Barker... Oh, don't be so formal. Just call me Peggy. Thank you, Peggy. You see, Miss Barker, I, I was thinking that if you won't think I'm too fresh, uh, of course, we've never been introduced formal, but I thought if you weren't too... Uh, what I mean is... Uh, in other words, I was wondering, uh, seeing as how you, I, we... Uh, well, well, to come right out with it, I sort of hope that... That is, if you could... But if you can't, well, better luck next time. <laughs> Are you trying to ask me for a date? Gee, you read my mind. You must be psychopathic. <laughs> I'll bet you say that to every girl. Oh, no, you're the only one. Well, what do you think, Barker? I mean, Miss Peggy. I mean, is it okay for tomorrow night, Saturday? Oh, I'm sorry, Chester, but Sunday? You... Well, no, I can't because... Monday? I... Yes? Well, no, you see... Tuesday? I... Wednesday? Thursday? Friday? Saturday? I, I can't... Any I... other day in the week? No, you see, Chester... You don't have I... to explain. I can take a hint. You don't want to go out with me because I'm just a shipping clerk. Why, no, I'm I didn't good enough mean... for you. Well, if that's going to be your attitude, here's the hammer. Fix your own fan. Chester! Oh, wait, now, let me explain... I'd love to go out with you, but I'm getting a week's vacation starting tomorrow. Oh, I see. Well, 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 say, my week's vacation starts tomorrow, too. We could spend it together. I'd show you the town. Oh, boy, we'd have fun. Sunday, Coney Island. Monday, Ebbets Field. Tuesday, we could go out of town to Manhattan. <laughs> and, and, and Wednesday... I'm we... going to the country for my vacation. Oh, where are you going? Camp Kilcare in the Catskills. Oh, well, I guess that's pretty expensive. Oh, it's terribly expensive. Fourteen fifty a week. Fourteen fifty. Hmm? Of course, I'm getting the deluxe accommodation. Only four girls in a room. Uh, well, I hope you have a good time. Thank you, Chester. And when I get back, I'm... Well, Peggy, look what little Hugo got for you. I picked up your railroad ticket here. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Hugo. I've... Well, there's two tickets here. Yes, sir. One for you and one for your handsome boss. <laughs> Why, you... <laughs> I, I didn't know you were going to Camp Kilcare, too. I didn't either till I found out you were gone. Oh, I'll show you a great time. Lots of moonlight day, you know. A moon, a light, and a roses. <laughs> <laughs> You're awful fresh. Here's your hammer, Hawkinson. Fix your own fan. Attention campers, attention campers, the Camp Kilcare dining room is now open for lunch. Guests are not permitted in the dining room in their bathing suits. So before sitting down at your table, please take them off. 
Hello? Oh, it's you, Bernice. Did our New York office send up any waiters? No? Well, what am I going to do? I got a dining room full of guests and only three waiters. I'll take anybody. Okay, call me later. Gotta get some waiters. Come in. Uh, pardon me, sir. They said I'd find the manager in the kitchen here. You found him. What do you want? Well, I hitchhiked up here from Brooklyn. I'm looking for a job. Oh. <laughs> well, we've got plenty of fine jobs open here. Oh, well, I just don't want any kind. I'm willing to be athletic director. Athletic director, huh? Yeah. I hear that girls like athletic directors, and, and there's you, a certain... You want to girls... be an athletic director? Well, let me look at you. Take your coat off. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Now, now, turn around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm very athletic. I'm sure I'm right for the job. Well, you look strong. Oh, I am. I can lift almost anything. You can? Yeah. Let's see you lift that tray there. Oh, that's a cinch. <laughs> there, hardly weighs anything. <laughs> well, let's make it heavier. Put those six plates on it. Okay. Now put that plate of bread on it. Oh, sure. Now that pitcher of water. Yeah. There. Heavy? Nah, not at all. Well, try carrying the tray with one hand. Yeah. Oh, like this? Yes. Now I'll hang this napkin over your other arm. Yeah. Now what do I do? See if you can carry that soup to table six in the dining room. Where's the cinch? <laughs> you won't be sorry you picked me for this job. You couldn't find a better athletic dirt. Wait a minute. You want me to be a waiter? You're a regular fox. <laughs> but my girl, she's stopping here. She'll see me. I, I... Not Tantone. You ain't making a waiter out of me. It's either athletic director or nothing. Nothing. What table do I wait on? <laughs> Now, Riley, I'm starting you off easy. These 12 tables are your station. <laughs> These 12? Yeah. Soon as your guests come in, you start serving soup. Meantime, put the tray down on this little stand here. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, what do I do? Well, you just stand here and... Oh, I've got to get your white jacket. I, I'll be right back. All uh, right. Some vacation. I should have stayed in here. <laughs> Did you hear the one about the phone? Oh, look. Look who's here. It's Chester. Oh, Chester, I'm so glad to see you. Hello, Miss Barker. Hiya, Mr. Hawkinson. So, you followed me up here, huh, Riley? Couldn't keep away from your dear boys. Ha, 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 Well, when did you check in, Chester? Oh, uh, just a little while ago, but... What table I... are you sitting at? Well, I ain't sitting anywhere. I, I, Why I... don't you sit at our table, number six? The manager won't like it. What do you mean? You're a paying guest, aren't you? Make him like it. Yeah, but you see, oh, come I... on, Chester. Don't be stubborn. If you don't sit with us, I'll be very angry. Oh, no, no. Don't be angry. I'll sit. Boy, I'm starved. Well, I wonder who our waiter is. Yeah, I've been... <laughs> I've been coming here for years, and there's one thing I've noticed. They got a very low-class type of waiters here. <laughs> She says the waiters are terribly fresh. Well, if I were the manager, I'd soon put a stop to that. I wouldn't let them talk to the guests. Well, Chester, say something. I ain't talking. <laughs> I mean, well, a, a fella can be a waiter and, and be a nice guy, too. I mean, well, suppose I wanted to work here and they made me a waiter. Oh, you could do better than that. Why, they'd probably make you athletic director. Yeah, athletic director. <laughs> On the salaries they pay waiters here, only a moron would apply for the job. I understand they changed the policy today. They're hiring a very intelligent type of waiter, and handsome, too. Hey, here comes the manager. I'll find out what happened to our waiter. Riley! What are you doing sitting at that table? Get up! What? Just a minute, Mr. Johnson. You can't talk to Mr. Riley that way. Yes, he can, Peggy. He has a perfect right to sit here if he wants to. Peggy, stop! You can't yell at him like that. Who do you think you're talking to? One of your waiters? Well, Chester, don't stand there like that. Speak up. What do you have, pea soup or vegetable? <laughs> oh, Chester, you're the waiter. You're a regular fox. <laughs> I hired him an hour ago. You mean you're the waiter? <laughs> He's the waiter! <laughs> 
Well, don't stand there like a dope waiter. Bring us some food. Yeah, snap into it, Riley. Serve the soup. Oh, yes, sir. I got it right here. Careful with that tray. Hold it tighter. Uh, yes, sir. Higher. Yes, sir. Hold the tray in one hand. Oh, yeah, one hand. The left hand. The, the left hand. Wait, put this white jacket on. The, the white jacket. Oh, yes, sir. Right away. The white. Uh, Peggy, will you hold this tray a minute, please? Oh, I got to pull Look out! Wait a minute, Rod. Clumsy oaf. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean oh, to. Oh, you ruined my dress. Just look what you did. You spilled the soup all over it. Well, don't cry, Peggy. I'll get you another portion. <laughs> We'll bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in just a moment. And now, the glamour girl of 49. I'm Tallulah the Tubal Prell, and I've got a little something to tell. Your hair can be radiant, oh, so easy. All you gotta do is take me home and squeeze me. I'm Tallulah the Tubal Prell, and I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff-free. For radiant hair, get a hold of me. Tallulah the Tubal Prell Shampoo. Yes, folks, your hair can be radiant oh so easy with Prell, Procter & Gamble's Radiant Cream Shampoo. Because Prell leaves hair radiant the very first time you use it. Radiantly soft, radiantly smooth, radiantly shining. Radiantly clean, too, with no ugly dandruff. Because Prell removes such dandruff in as little as three minutes. Doctors' examinations proved it. Prove it for yourself. Try Prell Shampoo. Before rejoining the Rileys, time out to remind all our friends that the hilarious new motion picture of The Life of Riley is now playing, or will play very soon, in your community. Starring William Bendix, this warm and funny movie is your chance to see all the Rileys, their friends, yes, and Digger Odell, too. See The Life of Riley if you like to laugh. <laughs> And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Gosh, Mom, I bet you were sore when Pop spilled soup all over you. Oh, I was furious. I wouldn't speak to him. What'd Pop do? Oh, he was miserable. And then a couple of days later, the poor thing was telling his troubles to Ruby, the dishwasher in the hotel kitchen. I don't know what to do, Ruby. She won't even talk to me. I'd do anything to get her to be friends again. Anything. I'm desperate. Well, I don't know, kid. Let me think. <laughs> hey, maybe you should ask Gitchy Gumi for help. Gitchy Gumi? Who's he? An Indian fella. He helps lots of young people who are in love. Oh, he does, huh? Mm -hmm. Well, where can I find this Indian? Where's his office? Well, now, you know that big rock looking over the lake? You mean what they call Lover's Leap? Yeah, that's it. Well, Gitchy Gumi's spirit's been hanging around that spot for more than 300 years. Oh, he's dead. Didn't you ever read that there legend on the bulletin board over in the social hall? Oh, no, no, I've never been in there. The help ain't allowed to mingle. Yeah, I know, but I got in there once ten years ago. One night I got so drunk they thought I was a guest. <laughs> Anyway, according to this here legend now, this guy, Gichigumi, was nuts about a little Indian dame, Nokomis. Just like my case. And she was nuts about him, too. But then there was another Indian who was also making a play for the girl. A very nasty character. Yeah, just like my case. Only I don't think Hugo Hawkinson is an Indian. Well, anyway, when it began to look like the girl is falling for Gichigumi, this other guy gets sore, you see. Yeah. And he ties a rock around Gichigumi's neck and he throws him off Lover's Leap into the lake. Oh. Did he drown? Well, I don't want to give a hasty opinion, but that was 300 years ago, and he still ain't come up. <laughs> and ever since then, any lover asks for help, Gitchigumi helps him. You mean you can talk to this ghost like... Ah, go on, only a dope would believe that. <laughs> okay, so don't believe it. But uh, 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 just for the sake of argument, let's say that I'm a dope. I can go along with that. And say that I believe that legend. How, how would I talk to Gichigumi? Well, first you call to him. You know, you kind of start off with that Indian love call. 
Oh, it's a lot of hooey. Well, now, I don't know. I once asked this Gitchy Gumi for help. Uh, I was nuts about this fella Adolf, you see, but he wouldn't Oh, ask guy, me. it'd have to be a sap to fall for that bunk. I'm going for a walk. Okay, so we don't believe it. But I'm positive if it wasn't for Gitchy Gumi, I wouldn't be married to Adolf today. <laughs> Gitchy Gumi. You should only drop dead. <laughs> Gee, it's dark on this road. I can hardly see my hand in front of my face. Nothing could be darker than this. Would you care to bet? <laughs> Who's that? Don't be frightened. It is only I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> well, Digger, what are you doing up here? You're the last person on earth I expected to meet. I'm the last person most people expect to meet. <laughs> are you on a vacation here? Oh, no. Every summer, I close up my business establishment and work here as a gardener. I'm very handy with a spade. <laughs> That's good exercise. Oh, yes, yes. It's fun to plant things and then watch them come up. It's a nice change. <laughs> but tell me, friend, whither art thou bound at this unseemly hour? Oh, I'm just walking to forget my troubles, Digger. You see, I'm in love with a certain girl, but she don't care for me. Ah, the pangs of unrequited love. Honest, Digger, I don't care whether I live or die. Please, I'm on a vacation. <laughs> I'm so desperate, I'm even thinking of going to Lover's Leap and talking to Gitchy Gumi. He's an Indian that died about 300 years ago. 300? Yeah. And you're going to talk to him? This I've got to see. <laughs> Well, he doesn't really talk. He's a spirit. Oh, yes. Now I remember about this legend. Why not try it? Go to Gitchy Gumi. Tell him your problem. Sure. Why not? What have I got to lose? I'll go, Digger. I'll go to Lover's Leap right away. Good. And by the way, if this 300-year-old Indian should actually appear, give him my card. I like his spirit. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be... Shoveling off. Oh, gee, Minnie, isn't it beautiful up here on Lover's Leap? Personally, I could live without it. Oh, look at all the stars in the sky. Some stars. They've got much better ones on Flatbush Planetarium. Minnie, are you having a good time at camp? I should say not. In the circular, it says, boys that kill care are a dime a dozen. Personally, I haven't had two cents worth. But, Minnie, the last three nights in a row you had dates. Some dates. Musicians. <laughs> oh, what's that? But there's something climbing up the hill. You think maybe it's a, it's a wild cat? I should worry, as long as it's not a musician. <laughs> oh, look, Peggy, it's that fellow Riley. Shh, don't make any noise. He can't see us. Oh, what's he doing? He's getting on his knees. Now he's looking over the edge of the rock. What's he up to? Shh, he's saying something. Did she go me? Oh, Gitchy. <laughs> I am calling you. Ooh. Ooh. He, he's crazy. How am I a wolf? Oh, no. It's the Indian legend. He's... Oh, Gitchy, go me. Help me. I love a girl, but she don't love me. I spilled soup on her. Her name is Peggy. She's the most wonderful girl in the world. Please bring us together. You hear me, Kitchy Gumi? I am calling you. Oh, Minnie, would you mind? Don't worry, I'm going. Have a good time, Pocahontas. Oh, Kitchy Gumi, please help me. Chester. Yes, Gitchy Gumi. I'm listening. Chester, it's me. Peg. Peg, it's you. Oh, 
Oh, Gichigumi, thanks. Thanks for bringing it. Oh, it wasn't Gichigumi. You were here all the time. You heard what I said. Yes. You must think I'm an awful fool. I think you're awful sweet. You do? Honest? Mm-hmm. Sit down, Chester, beside me. Here? Closer. Here? Mm, much closer. What are you going to do? You kissed me. You know what that means? Now you'll have to marry me. <laughs> Riley's will return in just a minute. For hair that's groomed well, it's wonderful Prell, Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo. Yes, Prell works wonders on your hair the very first time you use it. Because Prell leaves hair more radiant than any soap shampoo. Soft and smooth, easy to manage. With Prell, there's no dulling soap film to dim the natural highlights of your hair. And Prell goes to work on embarrassing dandruff almost instantly. Removes it in as little as three minutes. Doctor's examinations proved it. Try Prell yourself. As Tallulah says... I'm Tallulah the tube of Prell And I'll make your hair look swell It'll shine, it'll glow so dandruff-free For radiant hair, get a hold of me Tallulah the tube of Prell Shampoo Well, that's the story, Junior. Oh, I got the sink fixed. So that's how you and Pop got together. He was a waiter at Camp Kilcare. Wait a minute, Peg. Yes, and later we were married and lived happily ever after. And we only had one fight when you were born. Now, wait, Peg, you mustn't. About what, Mom? Your father wanted me to name you Gitchy Goomy. <laughs> oh, Peg, you shouldn't have told him. wonder why the United States has the world's highest standard of living? The answer is our economic system, producing more things for more people. Your well-being and mine depends on our understanding that system, keeping it working, improving it. Remember, the better we produce, the better we live. Procter and Gamble invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The new Life of Riley motion picture starring William Bendix is now being released nationally. Watch for it at your favorite theater. It's the year's big laugh movie. Tonight's script is by Reuben Schiff, Alan Lipscott, and Dick Powell. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. Direction by Mitchell Lindemann. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Wash your dishes with ivory snow. It's kind to hands and speedy too. Lovely hands mean a lovely you. I hope safe in snow. Wash your dishes in ivory snow. Let your hands tell you why ivory snow is so wonderful for dishwashing. Wash your dishes with ivory snow as millions do. When you see how ivory snow pampers your hands, you'll know it's ideal. It's ivory mild, ivory pure, and it's granulated for speed. No soap made is faster for dishes or kinder to hands than ivory snow. Remember, it's ivory mild and granulated for efficiency. Yes, for speedier dishwashing, for snow-white hands, try wonderful ivory snow. And this is Ken Niles reminding you to listen again next Friday when Procter & Gamble bring you a full hour of entertainment. First, Red Skelton, and then, The Life of Riley. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thanks for joining us for The Life of Riley. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please do stop and send us a review for 1001 Radio Days and The Life of Riley. Take care, and we'll be back soon. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.